Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the word that you give us. Father, I thank you for being good. I thank you for giving me chances over and over and over again, even when I mess up. Father, you are so intimate with your children. You want to have a relationship with us. And so we open up our hearts to you today, Father, for you to speak to us the way you want to speak to us, for you to say the things that need to be said to our hearts. And we make the decision right now to listen to you. We make the decision right now to yield to your spirit and um, for you to have your way. So Holy Spirit, have your way in every single room and every single area that these ladies are in. Um, be with them today. Show them that you're with them. And anoint my words, Father. Anoint my words to be um, powerful enough to... Um, penetrate through the hardened hearts to be powerful enough to change the situations and the perspective that these women are um, facing in the way that they are looking at things. And we love you and we praise you and we honor you. Speak to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and get started. Um, uh, Today I'm going to be talking about something that we actually kind of tar targeted in marriage class last night with David Clay and Brittany, but this isn't just for married people. Um, this is for everyone. Um, but David Clay said something last night that I thought was really good. He was talking about how we need to have intimate conversations with our spouse on what we expect our spouse to be like. And he talked about how if Bryce were to come up to me right now and say, if I could be the perfect husband, what would that be like for you? And um, I don't know if I would know exactly what to say to that. Like if, if he could do everything on my list, um, what would that be? And, and if we don't have expectations, if we don't know the expectations that we have for our husbands, then how can they ever match up to that expectation? How can they strive to be the best husband they can be if we don't sit down and even think about what exactly um, we want out of our husbands? And so, although that was a really good point and that's something that we should apply to our marriage, that's not where I'm going to get at today. This morning, I started thinking about what he was talking about last night and I started thinking, how many times do we not know exactly what we want God to do in our lives? But we expect God to do something in our lives, but we haven't asked for that specific thing. Or we haven't even taken a moment to stop and say, you know what? This, this is what I need, God. This is what I'm going to pray for this is what my heart is yearning for. This is this is the area in my life that I need to work on. Yes, God is all-knowing and yes, God is all-powerful. But we do know that um, our, our prayers are powerful. And if we don't know what to pray, then how can God answer those prayers? Remember, he's a gentleman. He's somebody that's not going to force himself on you. So maybe you're struggling today with feeling this overwhelming sadness and you just aren't sure why why you're sad maybe it's um codependency maybe you've put your um put somebody else in god's seat and you just keep asking over and over again for god to um make you happy again but he's saying i want you to see the bigger picture here i want you to 
understand why I can't do what I'm doing or or why this is a process. Okay, so I'm going to read just a little bit out of Exodus 14 and 10. And um, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase it because I know that it's a lot. But this is talking about when the Israelites um, were delivered out of Egypt and they had crossed the sea. And um, so this is the example that I want to give here right here. So it says, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were Egyptians marching after them. This is right when they had gotten to the edge of the sea. They were on the edge of the sea and they were terrified. They were like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? There's all these Egyptians. There's all of these people that are marching after us. They're about to get us. And and they, they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to this desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die here in the desert. But Moses answered the people and he said, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, will you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the, the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all of his army through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Right? So... They have gotten to the edge of the sea and they're they're freaking out because they're like, how in the world are we supposed to escape the enemy? God said he was going to deliver me and here I am. I'm stuck at this sea and I don't know how to get out of this situation. All I can see is the enemy coming after me. And, and Moses knew that God had given him a promise. Moses knew that God had said, I am going to deliver you out of the hands of your enemy. He knew that God had made a promise and so he expected God to finish what he had started. He was faithful to God because he knew that God would be faithful to them. And so he's at the edge of the sea. And I know that Moses had to be a little scared too. Like, oh my gosh, I'm at the edge of the sea. I can literally see my enemies so close to me. They're about to attack me. They're about to kill me. They're about to um, do the one thing that I thought God was going to deliver me from. But instead of being scared and standing with the Israelites and saying, guys, I don't know why God brought me here or saying, I'm so sorry that I brought you here. I don't I don't know what I was thinking. Instead of doing that, Moses said, don't be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. He was expecting God to do something even when he couldn't see it. He was expecting God to make a move in a situation that he could not do anything on his own. And I begin to think about how there are times in our lives where we expect God to do something. And then he puts us in a place where we have to trust in them. And all of a sudden, we don't expect God to do anything anymore. We begin to be in our default modes and we say, see you later. I'm getting out of this hole. I'm getting out of this place that you have brought me to God because I just don't know if you're going to be faithful to what you said you're going to do. Then he goes a little bit further and, and God tells him, you know, to, to stretch out his hand over the sea with the, with the staff and, and to separate 
the waters to divide the waters so that the Israelites could go go through it. And I, I start to think about how Moses had to go up to that sea line. He had to go up to that shore where the water starts. And he had to know with every ounce of faith that he had, he had to believe that what God had said for him to do was going to happen. He couldn't just go up to the, to the sea with his staff and say, water split with some doubt. He couldn't just go up to the, to the sea and say, uh, maybe this will happen or no, he had to go up there expecting for God to do what he said he was going to do. And he, he stroked that staff. He struck that staff onto that water and it immediately split. And the Israelites were delivered into, uh, they were delivered from the Egyptians and the enemy was defeated in that moment. But I begin to think if, if Moses wouldn't have expected God to show up right there, what would have happened? Will we even be where we are today? I mean, think about it. Think about how um, everything in the Bible had to take place in that area in order for us to be where we are today. If Moses would have went up with the staff and doubted or with hesitance, would God have performed that miracle? Because faith without works is dead. And, and the fact is, is if he didn't have faith in that moment, if he was hesitant, and he decided to do that would would the sea have split i don't i don't believe that it would have so let me give you another scenario here with expectations this is my testimony um of how i received the holy spirit at 13 years old in 2013 i had um been going to church for about a year and i was so hungry for the lord to touch me with his holy spirit i was so hungry to experience what I had seen my friends experience and, and to know that the Holy Spirit was my helper and to know that, that, um, I could speak in a heavenly language and I could have God literally live inside of me. And I had made a decision at church camp. I knew that there was this thing called, I think it was called prayer culture and it was a worship night that was going to take place that night. And I made a decision that night. I said, I'm not going to leave this place without the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to leave this place without what, without the thing that God had for me because I knew that God had the Holy Spirit for me. I knew the Holy Spirit was for me. And I made the decision. I made the expect, I set my expectations and I said, I am expecting God to touch me tonight. And it started at, I think, 9, 30, 10 o'clock. And I didn't receive the Holy Spirit until about 1 o'clock in the morning, 12, 1230 to 1 o'clock in the morning. But I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And I said, God, I'm not going to leave this place until I receive a touch from you. God, I am here waiting on you to move. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not shifting my focus on anything else, but I am going to focus on you and what you have for me. And I received the Holy Spirit that night. Did it happen instantly? No, but I prayed without ceasing. The Bible says in, in Matthew 
7 and 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. And I started thinking about this scripture. Does it say ask once and it will be given to you? Doesn't say just seek me once and you will find me. Doesn't say just knock once and that the door will be in uh and that the door will be open to you. But first Thessalonians five and seventeen says, Pray without ceasing, pray without stopping, pray without giving up, pray without getting discouraged. If you keep asking, it will be given to you. If you keep seeking the face of God, it will be shown to you. If you keep knocking, it will be opened to you. Expectation, the word expectation means a strong belief that something will happen. A strong belief that something will happen. I believed that night that God was going to touch me in a radical way. I believed that night that he was going to do that. I expected, I, I came with an expectation of God to move. And what did he do? He moved in my life in such a powerful way. It's something that I will never forget. Moses had an expectation. He believed that something was going to happen when he struck, when he striked that water. It's time, ladies, today, I want to challenge every one of you to tell God what you are expecting him to do. And if you don't know what your expectations are, seek him and ask him to help you know what you need in this season. And watch him. Watch him answer the prayers that you have prayed. I'm going to read exactly what I wrote here. It says, tell God what you were expecting him to do based on the promises he has given us and watch it happen. Watch it happen. Ladies, stand on the promises that he has given you. And expect it to happen. Don't give up after the first prayer. Don't give up after the second prayer. Don't give up after the 15th prayer. But pray without ceasing. Ask 30 times. Ask every day for three years. And let me tell you this too. There's something about when you work hard for something and you get it, you appreciate it more. Maybe God wants to radically work in your family's life, but he's saying, I need you to be faithful to me so that I can show you just how big of a deal it is. I'm asking God to remind you of the time that you fervently prayed for something and it came to life. I haven't thought about that day when I was 13 years old in 2013 in a long time. And he reminded me of it this morning. Oh man, what a sweet moment it was. I can remember the passion that was in my heart. I can remember how much I yearned for his spirit. And, and so I'm asking that the Lord would remind you of that time. 
so that we can not be complacent, but the, so that we can be reminded of what he has done and be reminded of the hunger that we once had. And then I'm going to say, Lord, put that hunger back in me. Revive that hunger back into my heart. Father, give me, show me the promises that you have made so that I can pray without ceasing for those things. So that I can, can pray with full belief so that I can act on what you have said, expecting you to move in Jesus name. Alrighty. That's what I have for today. Ask the Lord to revive the hunger inside of you. And then when he answers that prayer, recognize just how sweet his love is for us. All right, ladies, I love you all. Have a great Wednesday. Bye-bye.